people all around us are desperate for hope. Today on Daily in the Word, Dr. Paul Chappell challenges us to continue sharing the gospel with those in need. Now you say, well, I'm under grace and God's pleased with me no matter what. And you're right, we're saved by grace. You don't have to do anything else to go to heaven. I mean, the thief on the cross didn't even get baptized and he went to heaven. Jesus said, this day thou will be with me in paradise. You don't have to do anything else to go to heaven except believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But Christians can please the Father and they can displease the Father. The world is changing, but as Christians, our directive stays the same. God has not called us to compromise or complain about the culture. He has called us to continue. Welcome to Daily in the Word. This program features the teaching and preaching of Dr. Paul Chapel, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. In our series, Continue, we will discover key areas of our life that God wants us to continue developing through the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. People all around us are desperate for answers, and we must continue to take the light of the gospel to those lost in culture's darkness. And now, here's Pastor Paul Chapel with part two of a message called Continuing the Mission. For they had continually stewarded the blessings that God gave to them, not just for a period of time, but over a length of time. The Bible speaks of this in many ways. It is to, first of all, communicate cooperatively. This church communicated with a cooperative effort. The Bible tells us here in verse 15, no church communicated with me. So this was not necessarily a few of the people of the church, but this was the church giving together an offering and then sending it off to the Apostle Paul. They were a communicating church. They were involved communicating in a cooperative effort. And they did so with a willing heart. The Bible tells us in Exodus 35, 22, as the tabernacle was being built, and they came both men and women as many as were willing hearted and they brought their offerings and they offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. You see, it's a wonderful thing when people of a willing heart say, we want to continue the mission. This idea of getting people saved, this idea of preaching the gospel, that's not just the pastor's idea. That's not just someone else's idea. But all of us want to have a part in continuing the mission of our Lord. That's why in 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, the Bible says, every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. You see, as every one of us pray this week about the gospel mission and about reaching children and about our part in the continue offering, then all of us collectively can do something that's presented to God for the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was watching one of the men in the choir this morning, a young married man, and he was singing in the choir and I was thinking about his father. His father's one of our missionaries. And uh, as I was thinking about his dad, I remember when we began supporting his dad as a missionary in Chiapas, Mexico. And I was thinking about all the times our church has sent offerings and love offerings on a, on a monthly basis. We communicate to his dad. And we don't just say good job, but we communicate with him financially. And even as Paul said, when he first went, we supported him. And now, even towards the latter part of his ministry, still supporting him. And I want to be that kind of a church that generationally is involved in going forth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so they communicated cooperatively. But notice, secondly, they communicated corporately. Uh, In other words, as a church body, they were involved concerning giving and receiving. They were 
faithful uh, to gather together as a family and give to the work of the Lord. Verse 16 says, For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Paul says, when I was ministering in that other town, you sent offerings. When I got to Rome, you sent offerings. You have continued the mission. You have been a part of the work on a perpetual basis. Many people are a part of the Lord's work for five years or four years or until something happens that offends them or until they get tired or until this or until that. But this church for a long time had continually served and given to the mission. Notice thirdly, they communicated continually. As we said a moment ago, once and again unto my necessity. My prayer is that Lancaster Baptist, my prayer is that each of us will be once and again Christians. Would you say that with me? Once and again. One more time. Once once and again. And if that happens, it's only by the grace of God working in our heart. It's, it's not that we'll say, I'm a used-to-be preacher. I'm a used-to-be giver. I'm a used-to-be this. But once and again, God moves on our heart to be a part of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can think back to so many banquets. The very first banquet we called Giving by Faith. We were a young married couple, and we were asking all the families in our church to start giving because at that time, we had 32 parking spots and less than an acre downtown. And we called it giving by faith because we didn't know what we were giving to. We didn't have a particular piece of property. We didn't have a building to buy. I just said, folks, I really believe we're going to need the room. We were running at that time in church, maybe 180, maybe 200. And I said, let's get together and do our very best uh, to give. And I'll never forget that night we had 50 people that gathered about 25 families. It took about 90 minutes to get 50 people through the line to get their dinner. And it was just kind of a a disorganized situation, but we were having fun. We were just glad to be there. We were giving to something we didn't even know what we were giving to. We were just glad to be giving. God was at work. There was joy in the church. And that night as we counted the offering, we had some more piano playing, and then we counted the offering and announced it. Our church had given $50,000 by faith to wherever God wanted us to go. And it was really just a matter of days until I was able to hear about this property. We saw the sign, we went and talked to the man, and I was young at that time, and, and uh, I'm still young, I understand that, but I'm relatively speaking, I was a pretty young pastor, and, and, and I said, just wanted to know about the property. We're looking for more property for the future of our church. And he said, oh, you wouldn't be able to do this. He said, in fact, just to get it in escrow, you're going to need $50,000. And I looked the man in the eye and said, no problem. God had provided. God had provided. And with that giving by faith, God allowed us to buy the property upon which you're sitting right now. Just some young families stepping out by faith. You know, I'm thankful tonight through the years for Christians in this church, when times have been up in the economy and down in the economy, when families are doing well and not so well, instant in season, out of season, again and again, just saying, Lord, we want to further the mission. We want to be a part of the mission of getting the gospel message out to the Antelope Valley. This church had a continual stewardship. And secondly, they had a continual sacrifice. The Bible tells us something about their sacrifice. In verse 17, I want you to notice it says, not because I desire desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Now this is a critical principle in giving, and so I want you to understand what Paul is saying here. First of all, let's begin by reading it together. Verse 17, ready to begin. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit. All right, now you found it. Let's read it a little louder. Ready to begin. Not because I desire a but I desire Now, Paul said, you're doing well. You gave it first. You gave in the middle. You're giving again. And he says, I want to tell you something. This isn't because I want a gift or a present. He said, in fact, he said, I'm full. My needs are met. 
He said, I'm writing you not because of what I want, but because of what I desire for you. You see, Paul, as a godly leader and any spiritual pastor, wants the blessings of God upon the flock. I have a prayer book on my desk upstairs. I have every faithful, every member of our church in that prayer book. And I pray for the families, and I pray for those of you that commute, and sometimes there's a name I'll pray, and I can't remember the face, and I'll do some research, and I try to learn who I'm praying for and how to pray effectively. And I pray for God's blessing. I pray for health. I pray for God's leading in your life. And I want God to bless your life, and Paul wanted God to bless their life, and he said, listen, this isn't about me getting a gift. It's about fruit that will abound to your account. It's so that when you get to heaven, you'll be glad you furthered the gospel. And I really believe that when we get to heaven, there are going to be people that come to us, and they're going to say, thank you for sending the missionaries to Honduras and to Mexico and to India. Thank you for sending the gospel. And you see, when we're involved in the mission of the gospel, then souls are saved, and that fruit is added to our eternal account. I'm going to tell you something. The stock market goes up and down, but eternity is forever. And when children are saved in these buildings, it's added to our account. This is the principle Paul is saying. Not that I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that might abound to your account. What a blessing to think of these truths. I think of just this last year in these buildings on this property. There were 1,387 people who prayed to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. They took the time. They heard the message. They made the decision to trust Christ as their Savior. And for those of us who've been giving in this ministry, that is fruit that abounds to our account. Those are people that maybe you haven't met yet. Maybe they're seventh graders. Maybe they're Spanish speakers. Maybe they're in the Korean department. Maybe they're sitting right next to you this morning. I don't know. But these are people who've come to know Christ. And we all have a part in that as we give to the work of the Lord. This is what the Bible speaks of in Matthew six nineteen when it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Have you figured out that cars break and cars rust and, 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 and things on this earth break and sometimes are stolen? How many of you have ever had somebody steal something from your car or your house? Let me see. Anybody in here? Lots of us. Hey, I got good news for you. You don't need an alarm system in heaven. There's no graffiti in heaven. There's no thieves in heaven. And I want you to recognize that as we give, we're laying up in store heavenly blessings the Bible teaches. Someone said it this way. They said, God demands a tithe, but he deserves an offering. The tithe is the Lord, and that's the Lord's. The Bible says it. The tithe is the Lord's. But this is an offering for the work of the Lord to continue the mission. And so it was a sacrifice that was eternal in nature. Secondly, it was provisional. The sacrifice was provisional. And what I mean by that, it met a need. All right? It met a need. Now, this is very simple this morning. But look at verse 18. Paul said, But I have all and abound, I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent. Now, the reason that Paul said this was Pastor Epaphroditus had come all the way from Philippi. He had delivered an offering. It may have been currency. It may have been clothing. It may have been books. But he was meeting the need. And I want us just in the very practical re realization today, when we give, we're laying up in store. We're giving to the Lord. But when we give, we're also meeting a need. It's provisional. It meets a need. And then I want you to understand that as the need is met, God receives the glory. Now, all of us need to understand that we must grow in faith and we must trust God to provide. We must trust the Lord along the way. We, we 
as a ministry family, consider every one of you a blessing from the Lord. The Lord adds to the church. And God, we feel, has just been blessing faith through the years. And God has been meeting needs. And Paul said to the church at Philippi, you've been a part of the process of the gospel message. You've provided for the need. Notice, though, it was an eternal sacrifice. It was a provisional. But notice, thirdly, the sacrifice was acceptable to God. And that's what's most important. It's awesome that Paul's need was met. It's awesome the ministry was going forward. But look, if you would, now at verse 18, it says, he says, we received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent of you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Now this language comes back from the Old Testament era, Exodus 29, when the Bible says, Thou shalt offer a ram upon the altar, it is a burnt offering unto the Lord, it is a sweet savor, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Now the term sweet savor is used to illustrate the fact that God's righteous and justice demands were met in the Old Testament by the sacrificial lamb but in the New Testament by the Lord Jesus Christ. And here, the Word of God is telling that when we give to the Lord, even as the Lamb is a sweet savor to God, our offerings are a sweet savor unto the Lord, that God is pleased, and so the sacrifice was a sweet savor. And then secondly, it was an acceptable offering. The Bible says in verse 18, a sacrifice acceptable. Now, it was acceptable because it was from a blood-washed band of believers. The only thing good about me is that Jesus has forgiven me. And the only thing good about you is that you're under the blood of Jesus Christ. But God says when the blood-washed band or the local church offers to me something like this, it is pleasing to me because it is coming in the spirit and the form of worship. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, 2, uh, 2 Corinthians 2 and 15, uh, for we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved. And in them uh, that perish. And so in other words, when you're in Christ, you can offer a sweet, savory offering unto the Lord. Just as a side note, how many of you recognize that if you're a Christian, the Bible calls you a believer priest? And priests can offer sacrifice unto the Lord. Now, our Roman Catholic friends do not understand the concept of the priest. They have an unbiblical concept. For example, they will go into the uh, confessional booth, and I've seen this many times with my own eyes, and they'll come into the confessional booth and they'll say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. And they'll tell their sins and then the priest will say something like this. That'll be 95 Hail Marys and 45 do this and 56 read that. And then they're done. And they've told the priest their sin. I want to remind you this morning that if you're a Christian, that you don't go to a man and confess your sin. There is one God and one man and one mediator between God and man. And it is the man Christ Jesus. You can pray directly to God through the Son. Amen? Amen. We have direct access. And the Bible says that we are believer priests. We have a high priest, Jesus, but all of us have the privileges of priesthood. Now notice this, 1 Peter 2, 5. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. What I want you to recognize is this. As Christians washed in the blood, we can approach God and we can bring our own sacrifices to the Lord. We read that in Hebrews a moment ago. We can bring sacrifices to the Lord. We can bring the sacrifice of our song to the Lord and, and worship Him in song. We, we can bring the sacrifice of our service to the Lord. We can bring the sacrifice of our giving to the Lord. And I want you to recognize, for those that are cynical about giving and those that are unsaved and think it's dumb to give, for those that are mature Christians, it is a very personal part of worshiping God. 
It is me, it is you saying, Lord, with this offering, I worship you. With this offering, I ascribe worth to you. I bring a sacrifice to you. And the Bible tells us that this giving was an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable. One more phrase in verse 18, well-pleasing to God. Would you say that with me? Well-pleasing Now you say, well, I'm under grace and God's pleased with me no matter what. And you're right. We're saved by grace. You don't have to do anything else to go to heaven. I mean, the thief on the cross didn't even get baptized and he went to heaven. Jesus said, this day thou will be with me in paradise. You don't have to do anything else to go to heaven except believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But Christians can please the Father and they can displease the Father. I have four grown children, and for the vast majority of their lives, they've always just pleased me, but every once in a while, they hurt my heart. Some of you parents would say the same thing today. And I want you to recognize that the goal of our lives should be to glorify God and to bless His heart, to be a blessing. And this is what the Bible says in verse 18, well-pleasing to God, Hebrews 13, 16, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well-pleased. It's like the dad and the little boy that were in the backyard and they were, they were playing store. And the boy sold his father a pair of binoculars and the father gave the boy $5 and the little boy said, hey dad, we're playing store, we're not playing church. We should not treat God like the waitress that gets the leftover tip. But with a worshipful heart, we bring our tithes, we bring our offerings next Sunday night, and we say, Lord, I give this to you from a heart of love. And Paul said, when you do that, it is well-pleasing to God. The Philippians had a continual stewardship. The Philippians had a continual sacrifice in their stewardship, well-pleasing to God. And then I want you to notice finally this morning, they also had a continual supply of blessing. They had a continual supply of blessing. Now notice verse 19, one of the great verses in all of the Bible for me. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now some of you that are just learning about stewardship these few weeks, if you're like I am, maybe Terry and I when we first were dating, getting ready for marriage, we looked at even the matter of tithing and we put it out on paper and it did not make sense. I think I was making $160 a week and I thought, how can I give $16 a week? It did not make sense. We had to buy milk and bread and so forth. And yet the Bible said the tithe is the Lord's. And we began to tithe. And shortly after that, we began to give to missions and then towards building projects. And I want you to recognize that for those of you that by faith trust the Lord in this area, that I believe He will meet your need. Now the Bible doesn't say, my God will supply all of your greeds, but it says, my God will supply all of your needs. So look at that in the Bible. Don't take my word on it. Look at what God says. But my God shall supply all of your needs. We have seen this in our church. We have seen God provide for the needs of the church. We have seen God provide for the members of this church time and time again. God will provide all of your need. You see, sometimes if we're logical in the matter and we have no faith, we're going to go, well, if I do this, I'm never going to make it. We've got to have that point of faith where we say, God said to the giving church at Philippi, God would provide all of their need. If God would provide their need, He will provide my need. So notice letter A, the supply of the provision. The supply of the provision. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 11, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to those that ask of Him? God says, I'm going to provide for you. 
Now, sometimes, again, we want to think logically. How's this going to work? How's this going to work? It's like the father who was interviewing a potential, fa- a p- potential son-in-law. And he was talking to the boy about the future with his daughter. And he said to the boy, he said, let me ask you a question, son. How much money do you have in the bank? And the boy said, I don't know. I haven't shaken it lately. That's not a good sign, ladies and gentlemen. And sometimes uh, as a father-in-law, we have to even have a little faith in a situation like that. But all of us have to come to a place where we say, you know what? I'm going to put my trust in God's word to provide for me. If we being evil love to give gifts to our children, how much more does God love to give to us? Now, how many of you parents love to give to your children? I do. I enjoy giving to my children. Uh, I didn't always give them what they wanted. My boys, when they turned 16, they wanted red Mustangs. I gave them clunker pickup trucks, all right? So, you know, but, uh, but I enjoyed giving those to them. And there is a God in heaven that loves you. And if you by faith tithe or give an offering... He's going to meet your need, and He loves meeting your need. My God will supply all of your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Don't let fear grip your heart. Let faith grip your heart. Then notice, secondly, not only the supply of the provision, but the source of the provision. Just very quickly, He says, according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's why the Bible teaches us, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. God says, give and it shall be given. One of the Old Testament names for God is El Shaddai. El Shaddai means the all-sufficient one. God is all-sufficient to meet every need of our lives. And what a tremendous blessing to be able to say, I'm going to trust God by faith to meet the need. Spurgeon said, I have a great need for Christ. I have a great Christ for my need. I have a great need for Christ. I have a great Christ for my need. I'm challenging you this morning to join with me in continuing the mission for the Lord Jesus Christ. Here was a church that once again got involved. Notice that in verse 10 as we close. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly now that at the last your care of me hath flourished again. What a tremendous blessing. Notice that they continually were giving. Verse 16, ye sent once and again. It's my prayer that Lancaster Baptist Church will be a once and again Baptist Church. That will not be a one and done. That will not be a used to be. But that will be a once and again continuing the mission, reaching boys and girls and teenagers and and going out throughout the valley, knocking on doors and bringing bus children in and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here was a church that said, hey, we want to get involved once and again in the work of missions and once and again in the work of stewardship so that others might know Christ. And you might be here this morning and you may not know Christ. And I've preached this whole message about stewardship so that our church will stay on point with the mission of making Christ known. But you don't know Christ. And if you died today, you don't know that heaven would be your home. And I want to tell you something very quickly. God loves you so much. He sent his only begotten son to die for your sin. Jesus Christ left heaven's glory as the perfect son of God. He lived a perfectly sinless life on this earth. But because of his love for you, he went to the cross and he shed his blood on that cross paying the price for our sin. He rose up again the third day, proving that He is the Son of God and fulfilling our justification. And if you're here today and you don't know that Jesus is your personal Savior, then even today 
you can trust Christ and be saved and know that heaven is your eternal home. Because friends, that's the mission of the church, getting the gospel out. Jesus said, as the Father hath sent me, even so send I you. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Lancaster Baptist Church intends to stay right on point, going forward with the gospel message. And may God help all of us to say, I want to continue that mission for the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Daily in the Word with Dr. Paul Chappell, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. If you'd like to connect with Pastor Chappell on Facebook or Twitter, go to paulchappell.com and click on his social media links. While you're there, be sure to sign up for his free Daily in the Word email devotional and take a look at all the helpful resources. Again, that's paulchappell.com. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Dr. Chappell serves as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church, and he is the author of many books. But most of all, he has a passion and love for you. If you've been helped through Dr. Chappell's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. Visit us on our website today, where you can listen to today's entire message, become a partner in the Word, and sign up for Pastor Chappell's Daily in the Word email devotional. Visit us at paulchappell.com. And thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to discover God's answers for today's challenges here on Daily in the Word.